1: It is 10.06 on a beautiful Sunday morning. And this is the WIBC show called The First Day. Because it's the first day of the week.
2: <laughs> Proven. Just want to make sure,
1: you know, in case you're new here, that's why we call it the first day. The first. I didn't make it up. That's just the way it is. I'm Terry Stacy, by the way. Hi. Denny Paul Smith is here.
3: Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Kai.
0: Good morning.
2: Kylan Talley producing the show today. Good morning, Indianapolis. Here
1: she comes with a big, sweet voice. That is
2: <laughs> back from New York City. Ooh, it is North. nice to be back in Indiana. How come? Because you didn't have fun time. I love hearing the birds and seeing the sun. In New York, in New York you don't hear birds or see the. You sun? You just get pecked out by pigeons.
3: Oh, pecked but... out by pigeons. All I thought, all I heard was the the diesel trucks of the trash trucks picking up early morning. In New York.
2: That's fair. The cars I definitely tune out more so. It's fun watching pigeons fly around and have no cares and be as fearless as they are. But it was nice to hear little birds chirping this morning and seeing them. the sunrise because through the skyscrapers, you can't really yeah. see anything except the clouds if they're around. Got to watch it snow. That was fun. Sure. Snow in, New in York the city I is bet always it's a little bit beautiful. Absolutely. Mm hmm.
3: I had to to chase the uh, Amazon driver out of my driveway. we got a long driveway, and they think it goes through to the subdivision to the east. Oh, sure. And it does not. So they come up, and they just stop. Then they start to get out and drop off the boxes at the barn. So I go, and I say, hey, get out of here. And the guy turns around like, you know, I ought to go out there with a shotgun is what I ought to do. But I don't know how to get something like that fixed, Harry. How do you get off the GPS? I don't either.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know,
2: Denny.
3: I scared the snot out of him, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> hey, guys. Well, anyway, I'm glad you're home safe and sound, Kylan. Mm, me too. I had been to New York previously. I'm going to tell a little story. All right. With this trip to New York, this was the first time I'd seen a Broadway play. It yeah. was super exciting. Got to watch Phantom of the Opera because it is closing. Oh, my wow. goodness. How cool is mm-hmm. that to see
1: your first one, yeah. Phantom of the Opera? Oh, right. wow. Okay. Being the
2: longest running show on yeah. Broadway. It was it was such a cool experience. And just being able to go into the space, four flights of of just a theater. And so we were sitting nosebleed. Those The, the, t- yeah. the tickets, you can imagine, are pretty pretty steep right yeah. now. Wow. And then during the performance, you can hear someone from the other side of the stage, other side of the theater, talking to their friend <sighs> from way up here, four flights up. And so everyone throughout the, the theater was sh- sh- quiet, quiet. We're trying to watch a performance here. And then he got louder. Oh no. And then he got a little bit louder and two security guards came up and he was having a little scuffle with them and even in the the actor. The show was still going on. The show is still going on. They were doing pretty good until this one point the actor stops what he's doing, turns his head towards him, as if the phantoms there. He, He gives a weird look. And then continues on through the scene, and then five <laughs> security guards come in and have to escort him out. The scene ends. He's being escorted. We all clap. Woo! Yes, finally we can go on with the performance. That I is so disrespectful. It. Oh, it is. oh my goodness! It was an experience, though. Mm-hmm. Really? Wonder what the guy was yelling for. I don't know. What was he just yelling, or right. was he yelling at someone? It didn't sound like a fight, but he was sure loud about it. Wow. wow. That is a great story.
3: That's sort of right. That's how you'll me. If I paid that much for a ticket, oh, even in the north yeah. Fleet section, and then because to you're totally that.
2: distracted.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I'm now I'm watching what's going on down here. I'm not
2: watching. <laughs> and then the everyone first around time. you is talking about what's going down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was it was disrespectful, but the actors went through it and continued on, and it was a beautiful performance. That's
1: all you would have said, though, if you did not have had, if you would not have this experience of what you got to see, and probably not a lot of people have seen before with a scuffle and everything happening, you would have just said, it was a great show, I loved it, great experience, but look, mm-hmm. you have this added value, to- <laughs> this added value of, hey, let me tell you about this. Yeah. Terry,
3: that's how I, I will always remember James Taylor. We went to see him at the Marat, and we were in the nosebleed section. And this guy next to us was absolutely hammered. And James, James Taylor's in the middle of the song. He goes, yo, James, upper oh, deck. And I'm going, oh, God, God. right in the middle of a song. So what do I remember about James Taylor? You yeah. remember
2: this yeah. Speaking of the Murat, it is closing day for Hairspray. Yeah, it it's is. the last day to get over there. If
1: there's still some tickets left if you'd like to do that. Uh, it is 1010, 10, and we appreciate all of you joining us here for the next couple of hours, however long you can stay. Happy Tell happy tell a Fairy Tale Day. This is Happy National Tell a Fairy Tale Day. Fairy tales, oldest time. and You mean uh, like
3: Once Upon a Time fairy tales?
1: Yeah, and we're going to talk fairy about some of the scariest, time. because some of them are pretty brutal. Some of them are pretty scary.
3: Fairy tales yeah, are brutal? The Red
1: Riding Hood?
2: Red Riding Hood. Oh... That's gory
1: What do you mean? Love the story But I never really thought about the story Until I got older And then I was like And I tell the story Like I'm reading the story to some kids With the Indiana Pacers We do that program And when you tell that story Also you know the the, the, The three little pigs And you know In the real story You know the wolf eats the pigs Say what? Yeah, in the real story that in the book, that What about so I'm the? I'm saying the
3: the Mason the Mason piggy with the with the bricks.
2: Well, he's okay, but the other ones got eaten. Well, even in Cinderella, she. Cuts her foot to make it fit into the slipper is one of the oh, stories I, didn't I know heard. About that Why well, do you I got, know. You're
3: ruining my childhood never heard here. Heard that story?
2: Yeah.
1: Cinderella cuts <laughs> her foot trying to get it in the shoe. <laughs> yeah. It's actually pretty relatable, isn't it? When <laughs> fit, we're all please trying to fit. Oh, come on, fit. Make that shoe fit. That's on the sale rack. Wow. Scary stuff. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it is interesting. But uh, according to moms.com, Little Red Riding Hood is the most fierce, frightening story. I had to think about that. But if when you really say it out loud, and she there's a little girl in her hood, she's walking through the woods to grandma's oh. place, and a giant wolf comes. <laughs> would I mean, you? Story, would you
3: let your daughter run grandma? through the woods carrying a basket? No, I don't think I <laughs> no, would. No,
1: but these are fairy tales, people. But there is a lot of criticism for fairy tales. Were these they supposed days. to
3: be lessons, moral lessons? You know, why would they oh, scare kids like that. that?
1: I don't know about that. Huh. Anyway. We'll talk about that in a little while when we've got some time. It's National Name Day again. You know, I always like to celebrate people's names. Not only do you have birthdays, but there are really national name days. And so if you are Jana, Vicky, Vicki, Vicky with an I, Vicki with an I E, Vicki with a Y, Victor, Victoria, or uh not Denny, but all those names, then it's your your national day to celebrate. Aww. It's national day they really I've never have. Heard this. Of this. Yeah. Denny yours is on November first. Okay. Terry, I
2: don't know if you're... Do you Mine's have a October
1: 15th. Oh, good. spelled correctly and everything. Parker's is December 7th, but Kylan, I, there isn't one for yeah. you. <laughs> November 21st, no. my birthday. It's your birthday, but you don't get a name day. Yeah. Unless you submit it I'll to mynameday.com.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, I'm going to submit right now. Uh, Make sure uh, they pronounce it boy. correctly. Okay. Uh, anyway, oh, and before we take a break,
1: I, we, I heard again before the news here on WIBC, the Indy 500 spot that runs you know Peyton Manning's doing with Peyton Manning's voice it is just the perfect I love it at first I mean you know what here's what's cool you know his voice without even seeing him now you know his voice is known as well as his face and obviously his talent <laughs> but anyway uh, I love him and I love that voice attached to the Indy 500 I think it's kind of cool does, am I the only one?
3: No, I, I, point, I picked it up right away, and it's just part of that legacy. They're trying to bring people in by hearing voices that are very, very famous. You know, the year before, they did—oh, they did um, oh, who they did Who was it? Oh, I don't from, remember. It
1: was somebody it, famous. Oh, he's the
3: one—gosh, darn it. I can't remember. He's uh, very associated with Ball State, had his own show, Dave Letterman. Oh, there Dave Letterman, go. yes, Sorry. of course. Dave Letterman did it last year, and now with— I Peyton it. doing it this year.
1: Just sounds I Very like cool. that voice. Yeah. Uh anyway, it's pretty He's cool. He's a character,
3: too. I know it. Oh my gosh. He
1: really is. He's cool. Uh it is 1014. And if you are a veteran, coming up, we're going to talk about um veterans and your way to give back to other veterans. It's a great program. It's called Indie Veterans Court, and we'll talk about that next on 93 WIBC.
4: We could take all the hard lessons at Live Love and turn them into blessings. Don't just work hard and be nice to
1: people. Welcome back to the first day on 93 WIBC. Uh, Terry Stacy, along with producer Kylan Talley. Denny Smith is here as well. And if you are a veteran and would like to help other veterans, there's a program called Indy Veterans Court. And joining us now is Aaron Shaw. He is the mentor coordinator for Indianapolis Veterans Court. What is that?
4: So Indianapolis Veterans Court is a program that's designed to help Veterans that maybe lost their way and and gotten into a little legal trouble, get back on their feet, get them engaged into the VA, get their health taken care of, get them engaged in the veterans community. And then some obviously dealing with addiction or other issues. So basically just getting them as a whole re-engaged with the community and getting back on their feet, dealing with homelessness, dealing with financial issues altogether.
1: I heard that the number of veterans on the street has gone down.
4: Yes ma'am, yes ma'am. I think some of the a lot of the organizations and a lot of the resources are putting in put, putting forth a lot of effort and there's a lot more out there available and we're spreading the word and getting more veterans connected so that they know that the biggest issue is finding the resources and a lot of times we find when we link up with other veterans and we spend time with them we are able to share some of our resources and share our experiences so that we can get connected with the resources we may not know about.
1: What is it that you do as a mentor coordinator?
4: I was in the program for three years. I was one of the lost veterans, and then after I graduated, I came back to be a mentor. And basically, it's just working with some of the veterans that are in the program, giving them someone that they can call, someone they can talk to, spend some time with, share what they're going through. Um, and after being a mentor for a year, the mentor coordinator position came open, and I applied. And just-
1: you are a success story. Can we talk a little bit about your background?
4: Yes, ma'am. So I was in Fort Drum, um, and I deployed to Iraq for 15 months. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the military, you have this clear mission, um, what you do every day. It, it, basically, you get up and do PT, you go to work, you come home, and it's, it's very guided, Very, and, and you have a huge support system. You're with all these veterans, and a lot of these veterans basically would jump in front of a bullet for you. No questions asked. So there's a a huge bond that you get with and then especially when you go overseas. uh, The individuals that I served with in Iraq are are family to me, right? And they may be all across the country, but they're very close to me. They're all my brothers. So when you leave the military, um, one of the hardest parts is you've lost your mission, and then you've also lost that support system, that family that you've been around for so long. So you can come home, and it can be difficult to figure out where to go next. And then transitioning from the military experience and the military training into uh, civilian jobs and civilian training. So it can be very uh, confusing and it can be hard to deal with. And then um, for me, I got lost in the shuffle and uh, went down the wrong road.
1: Because you, like so many others, were having a tough time transitioning. Yes, Yes, ma'am. And so how long did that go on before you found what you needed to get yourself back on your feet and down the right path?
4: Well, it was so it was years. Um, It was a slow transition. I got out of the military. And when I got out, actually it was in 2008 when the economy crashed. So I was working construction, um, but it was on and off. So I didn't have a a career or a job that I was stable with because I'd work and then they wouldn't have work. Um, And I went from... Um, drinking alcohol and then mixing it with uh, unfortunately with opiates and that turned into addiction and it turned and it created this just it built over the years and got way worse and um, coming home to having a home having a vehicle having uh, everything I needed um, ended up I ended up losing all of that because of my choices so it was from 2008 to 2016 I basically had been in and out. Um, I've been in recovery centers. Um, I'd had clean time, but I just kept falling back out into making the wrong decisions. And finally, I ended up in veterans court at the end of 2016, and I spent three years in veterans court getting getting my life back on track.
1: Congratulations, where you are today from where you were after serving our country. And your story is much like others. Yes, ma'am. Veterans Court. What can we do? How, how can we help? What's your mission now with us getting the word out?
4: So I think that is the biggest part is just spreading the word. Um, as you stated, you didn't even realize there was a program and a lot of people yeah. don't know that there's a veterans course. So we like to have everyone in the community, anyone that's interested, just spreading the word and letting others know, because what happens is you may share it with somebody and then they end up sharing it with a veteran and they may come and get connected. We also would love to have any visitors come down. We have Vet court every Friday morning at 9 a.m. We also have a veterans meeting prior to that. So, anyone that's a veteran is welcome to come at 8 a.m. We do coffee and donuts and just kind of sit around and chat about how our week's going. But we would love anyone to come down and visit us up at the new justice center, and it's down in the lower level. They're more than welcome to get in contact with me, and I'll meet them at the front door and bring them down and kind of show them where the courtroom is, where the meeting is, and it's a really great experience. If you're able to sit in on one of our sessions, it's like being in the twilight zone. The first time I was in vet court, I didn't know how to take it. It was very out of world experience because you're not used to it. You go in a courtroom and there's a, it's kind of an environment, but this one is so much different. It's how can we help you? What do you need? And they they get to know the veterans, each veteran. So our judge gets to know every veteran. He he learns and listens. Basically, I learned from him how to actively listen to these veterans, because a lot of times they just need someone to talk to, right? They don't need somebody to tell them how to fix their problems. They just need someone to sit and listen and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. I'm struggling, but I'm still working at it. And um, having that goes a long way. So just coming down and visiting with us and sharing the experience with us.
1: Again, it's 675 Justice Center. That's uh, Veterans Court is every Friday, as Aaron mentioned, at 9 a.m. Aaron, okay if we pass out your email address?
4: Of course. Yes, okay. ma'am.
1: It's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N dot Shaw, S-H-A-W at Indy dot gov and get in touch with him. Send him an email. Let him know that you'd like to come by. When veterans know where you've come from, it must be easier for them.
4: Definitely do. And I think it really goes. That's And, and that's another thing that's coming out is they're pushing the peer support. So the life experience goes a long way because we can connect with others because we've gone through the same experiences so they can relate to it. And, and we grow together. We serve together. We work together. And it's really an environment where it creates this support system, this family that you can re with so that you have those that you can reach out to. And that's what really has meant so much more to me is the program as a whole has gotten me connected with so many different sections in Indiana. And the veterans community in Indiana is unbelievable. I didn't know this when I got out of the military and it took years to learn and years to find more, but engaging with other veterans is where I learned about it and that's where I met some of the best people that I, you know, spend my time with these days. So
1: Aaron, thank you. I really appreciated the conversation. Please know that you're welcome here anytime you want to talk about anything when it relates to veterans. You are you are welcome to do that. We sure appreciate your service so much and sacrifice and what you've been through.
4: Thank you, thank you as well Terry. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm just excited to get the word out there and get some more veterans connected with with the community.
1: It is 1027. I love that program and it's been going on since uh, last fall. And so uh, I appreciate y'all listening. You know, whenever I can put a spotlight on our veterans and our veterans that are doing good for veterans, I want to make sure we get that story out there. Uh, it is getting warmer, 39 degrees in downtown Indianapolis. Beautiful sunny skies. We've got a roller coaster of a weather week ahead. Uh, maybe some some thunderstorms tomorrow coming in. Kylan, you've got, it's Terry Stacey, by the way, along with Denny Smith,
2: Kylan Talley with uh, some trending stories. Yes, I know one of the biggest trending stories right now. IU beat Purdue last night, seventy-nine to seventy-one. There you Unbelievable. go. Unbelievable. At
3: Mackey Arena.
2: Oh, big deal. Hey, that's what you call your wife, Mackey.
3: Yeah. How come? Maiden name was McAllister. She, beautiful name, Jane McAllister Smith. She marries me. She's Jane M. Smith.
1: Oh, okay. So, I, I so you always
3: call, call her Mackey. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. That's not a trending story, but that's I was not just that's curious. Trendy.
2: Island? I got to ride with the IU tennis players on the the flight back last night. Wow. That was pretty fun seeing all of them dressed up in their gear and then seeing them. They didn't win their tournament, but their other yeah. <laughs> their other classmates did, so that was good at least. Um, Some other trending stories. There are signs of the Everglades having a recovery emerge. So with wildlife coming back into the area, I know there have been times when the Everglades... It was looking bad for them, but now that wildlife is starting to come back, like the bird life, the alligator nesting in the south is rising, which is good for the Everglades. Right. Of course. Of course, for the (laughs) Everglades. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know also one of the cases for that, Hurricane Ian, it was obviously devastating, but it did bring tremendous amounts of the rain to the area, and that has helped promote the economy growing and wildlife coming back. So, it has had some good come from it. Good deal. Another trending story- A woman went viral for buying a car. She bought it for $289 a month, so with the monthly. Guess what car she bought. Oh, is it a little car? Yeah, it's pretty small. VW? VW. A
3: little VW Bug? Is it uh, a... Ford Mustang? Was it a
2: Pinto? It was a 1998 (laughs) Ford Escort.
3: For $289?
2: Yes. For the next 84 months.
3: Oh god. well, you know they're saying used cars. She's not buying cars. a car; she's buying a payment. Yeah,
2: yeah. that they
1: are. Uh, that's interesting because they say used cars are are even more expensive than but brand new cars. But two hundred and
3: eighty-four dollars a month for that? Yeah. Pay? For that? She'd Wonder have it paid miles. off in three or four months. Oh my Maybe god! Maybe it didn't right.
1: have any miles on it at all.
3: No, it was a piece of junk, and you know it was. <laughs> I she mean, bought a. Pant-
2: that's a trending story. This doesn't look very good. Let me it's tell just you about it going viral. Oh, it's because, because it's going viral. Yeah, just, and people are like, "You're crazy. A, Why are you buying this car that's for that?" Taking mile.
3: advantage of somebody. I blame the salesperson without a, yeah. without a soul.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah. Being someone that's looking into car shopping right now, that is something to learn from. I like, do not do that to yourself. Well, check
1: the headlights because headlights are getting brighter and brighter, and I almost can't see as they're coming at <laughs> me. They're and so I don't know blue what that's now. They're, Am I wrong? They're are they ice blue? They'll, don't you think the lights, and headlights are getting? Yeah. They
3: will blind you. And then you blink your lights at them, and then they blink their and they they're back, brighter ones. They're yet. Brighter. Yeah, brighter. Yeah.
1: So you didn't think you were blind before? Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah.
3: gonna be blind now.
1: Hey, coming up, guys. We're gonna talk about maple syrup. Uh, we had a great call yesterday, a conversation with Kylan. Were you done? Yeah, that was my last trending story was that maple syrup again is in Rockville. Is in Rockville. And speaking of, we've got uh, a conversation we had yesterday with one of the maple syrup producers here in our state that's been at it a long time. And it's a pretty interesting process. We'll find out also how much more it's going to cost you this year to get your delicious maple syrup as we continue here on the first day on 93 WIBC.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love
1: on a beautiful Sunday morning. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith and Kylan Talley, producing the show. Thirty-nine degrees going to a high of 56 degrees. Well, every spring, Indiana maple syrup producers open up their sugar shacks so that you can experience the story of maple syrup. And Park County Maple Fair continues today, in fact. But you know, we've got more than 100 maple syrup producers in the state of Indiana. And yesterday, on the Home and Garden Show with Denny and Pat Sullivan and Allison Lemons, we spoke with Arthur Harris. He and his wife, Rebecca, own Harris Bush Farm. And we asked him how long he's been tapping trees and making maple syrup.
5: On our farm here, there's been a sugar camp over 135 years. I'm 70 years old, and I started with my dad at the very beginning. So it's been here for a long time, right where we're at.
6: What varieties of maples can be tapped, and what are the best?
5: Well, we tap black maple, and very few people really realize what that is. They're everywhere. Sugar maple is our main Tree. And then there's red maple. There's a few of those. Silver maple really are not worth uh, tapping. And then there's ash leaf maple, which is a swamp maple, and that's hardly ever tapped. But our main two are black and sugar maple.
1: Would they taste different depending on the tree?
5: No. Uh, the, the difference is the amount of sugar in the sap that takes uh, precedence because the sugar is what we're after and the amount is different with each species
6: okay so on average one of the uh, the black or the sugar maples how many gallons of uh what you take out do you boil down to to get say a gallon
5: every year that's different the tree stores sugar in the tree and when we tap we take a reading of the percentage of sugar this year we started out a little over two percent at two percent it's about 43 or 44 gallon to one. Wow. As the the season progresses, the sugar goes down in the sap. When we ended up, it was 66 gallon to one. Wow. And it's different. The more limbs, the more leaves, the sweeter the sap and the less it takes.
3: Arthur, when you you tap a tree, how many gallons of raw uh, syrup do you get out?
5: It's uh, different with every tree. Trees in the woods that do not have as many limbs don't produce the volume as trees that are along the edge with a lot of limbs. A small tree is more vigorous, just like kids are. But the average, if, and it's all weather-related, the freeze thaw cycle, uh, we hope to get a pint and, at the very best, a quart of finished syrup per year, which would be about a half-a-gallon. Maybe a gallon of sap a day average. Some Arthur, days it runs; it'll be more.
3: Arthur, I think it's interesting that you guys always call it camp. In Indiana, we've always heard of deer mm-hmm. camp and whatnot. But even yeah. up in Maine and, and Upper New York, you guys always call it camp. Why? Do you, what? Mm-hmm. What is the legacy of calling it a camp?
5: Okay, uh, sugar camps came uh, way back when it was very first started because we didn't keep the syrup; we only kept the sugar. And a camp was always way out in the woods by itself, uh, usually by a trail to get there. And it was just a camp like any other camp. But the sugar was critical for the life of the early pioneers because there was no other sugar. And we are called sugar camps in the beginning because sugar is all they kept.
1: we want to know about this particular season because I just saw an article yesterday that said that tree tappers are seeing A season like you've never seen before and you're starting earlier and earlier every year. Is that true here in Indiana?
5: Yes, in our sugar camp it's so critical. We're over 7,000 trees and to tap that many it'll take us uh, 10 days uh, to thoroughly do that. Well it's just like if you cut your hand your body says I have to fix that and so does a tree. When you drill a hole uh, it's going to start healing that up in about a month. So we have to time our tapping so when the run starts during the freeze saw cycle. And it is early this year. We tapped um, our first boil was on the 13th of January, and we have never boiled that early. We are a month ahead of what wow. when I growing up.
6: So how much finished product uh, does uh, the Harris Sugar Bush in your camp? How much finished product do you produce?
5: Every year that varies just because the length of the season determines the volume. This year we were average. We will make around 1,500 gallons finished. Um, This year we were down from that a little bit. And the type of syrup you get uh, changes throughout the season from lighter to darker to real dark at the end. So the volume of syrup you make is not always what we sell. We sell... Our late season syrup to meat producers that flavor meat with it that we would not sell to the public. So everything wow. we make, everything we make has a purpose.
3: Arthur, uh, well, I grew up in the country sometimes with my grandparents and Uncle Jimmy. would take us over two hollers. And one holler, they had a still, and the other holler they had a sugar camp. Have you yeah, guys ever yeah. been mis- have you guys ever been mistaken for moonshiners?
5: Oh yes, we produce a lot of steam. <laughs> yes, you do. We've had people pull up and wonder what we were doing. Yeah, uh, we had a state trooper pull in one time and he just saw the steam flying and he wasn't sure what it was. So.
1: <laughs> Prices are high and we hear that yeah. for you too. Everything's going to come up because of the bottling, the containers that you use. Everything's going to cost. Right. Is maple syrup going to cost us a little more this year?
5: we had to raise um we're out in the community where we deal with local people we have a big internet business we had to raise i mean our uh, our electric and fuel bill was over fifteen thousand dollars last month oh not count, Wow! not counting labor and we have to order a lot of our containers as much as a year ahead of time to glass get
3: glass or plastic
5: Everything. Um, and some we can't even get anymore. We got one load in, but they didn't have any lids. so That
6: <laughs> doesn't help. help, does it?
5: But uh, we deal with a lot of repeat business, so we keep just as low as we can. We've worked hard, and what we've got is paid for, so we're able to survive, but it's harder every Do
3: you year. have another family member who's going to pick up the mantle from a 70-year-old 70, 70 Arthur? Arthur's got
6: know. another 20 years in him. Does he?
3: Yep. No,
5: really, see... Um, our kids and grandkids, they've got jobs with insurance and benefit and retirement and vacation. Oh. And self-employed, you have none of that.
3: How many and, acres are uh, you guys? do you guys manage? I mean, 5,000 trees. How many acres 7, is it? 7,000 trees. 7,000 trees.
5: Well, we have um, on our, right here at our sugar camp, we have a group of trees, about 500. And then we spread out to my wife's family where we have about 4,000. And then we have neighbors where we... Uh, They are so kind to let us tap have for years, and we give them products and work with them. So we were at 7,400 taps this year. Wow. And we have been at that
6: for a little while. Arthur Harris is our guest. Arthur, uh, one more question. For anybody listening that wants to do this, is it... is it something? Is it doable for a homeowner that has some trees that just wants to go out and play to tap a tree and to produce uh, maple uh, syrup?
5: We've helped a lot of people. We've loaned out equipment that wanted to do a backyard, and everybody wants to do it with a turkey fryer. And you'll use a hundred gallon of LP to make a quart of syrup. So oh, if cool. you want to play with it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and that's and sometimes
6: that you know what that's true, Arthur, because a lot of times. People know that it, it's a hobby; they're going to spend way more than what, but it's just a fun activity, and maybe doing with yeah. the kids. So it is, it is a viable. It's possible.
5: See, for, for us, it's a lifestyle. Sure. We a lot of group uh, tours here in education. We've helped a lot of people with loan and equipment, and that's what has been important to us. I mean, it's an income, but it's more important the lifestyle.
1: Hey, how do we find if we want some of your syrup? How do we get it?
5: Online, harrissugarbush.com. We make a lot of maple sugar. We're probably the largest in the state on byproducts, candy, cream, sugar, everything at the state fair last year and for several years we produced.
1: We continue here on the first day on 93 WIBC.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy.
2: Some Pink Floyd for you. Thank you, Kai. (laughs)
3: 1049.
1: You're listening to The First Day. Terry Stacey, along with producer Kylan Talley. And it's time, folks, for Denny's Den of Dollars.
3: Where did you come up with this?
1: When I took my sip of tea about 15 minutes ago. That's pretty good. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about money and your finances. And wealth Mm -hmm. is what, when we spun the wheel. Of dollars, topics this yeah, is lot, what came up.
3: A lot happened last year in the year 2022. I get data dumps. Uh, before we begin, I am a retired, uh, I'm still an active certified financial planner and I got my MBA and all that, but I don't give investment advice anymore. I want you to know this. This is just perspective. We want you to put the data and the statistics that are being thrown at us in perspective. But uh, Terry, Fidelity Investments uh, published some interesting statistics this last week and they said in the year 2022 there was a 30% drop in what we call the 401k millionaires. These are people that had over a million dollars in their retirement account. Well, that started off at 422,000 at the beginning of 2022, and it ended up the year at 299,000. So there were a lot of people, 30% uh, more people fell out of the bracket than came into the bracket. And that's a a definition of wealth effect, that people all of a sudden were aware that, hey, I had all this money, my plan was going well. And if you're Kyle in and you're in your 20s or 30s, that's not a big deal because you can make it all back. You've got time. But if you're in your 50s or 60s, that'll slap the snot out of you really, really quick. And what's happened is that people have really pulled in their horns and they're starting to look at things that have always been... Uh, hot stocks, whether it's social media this or whether it's uh, the digital company that, they're sort of standing back and saying this isn't working. And if they're looking at their statements still, they're saying it's still not working. Well, the evidence is starting to pop up that you can do just about anything when you have low inflation rates and low interest rates. Well, what do we have right now? We've got high inflation Mm -hmm. and we've got high interest rates. So the writing's on the wall that we have to take a different approach. And so if you're wise about your investments, you have to say, "Look, if I continue to do what I've always done, I'm going to continue to get what I've always got." And it doesn't mean you have to make a, a monumental, you know, um, aircraft carrier change at sea. You just have to be aware that you might have to change some things. Usually, the counterbalance. But not
1: if you're. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just. But I just thought. But not if you are a Kylan that is young, she, right. can she just stay steady where she is? She, or should she start making movements
3: too? Gradual movements. Now, as you're older, you have to make more and more dynamic moves. But usually bonds are the things that counterbalance our stock investments. Well, if you're younger, you don't have much bonds. So you're, you're flat out like a lizard drinking in the stock market. What we have to find is something within the stock market that gives us return and I think that people are aware now that we don't just, there's growth companies where you just wait for the companies to get really, really famous and they go up in price. Mm-hmm. The other type of companies are called um, growth com- or uh, capital companies mm-hmm. where their value- what about the
1: Shark Tank companies?
3: The, well, okay, that's a growth company, okay? But the value-based means I want somebody to pay me a dividend. Then there's lots of stock and companies out there that put out great products they pay a regular dividend so not only will those companies go up in value in an environment like this but they're also paying a dividend as far as your bonds to protect the portfolio what's we've got this interest rate inversion where you'd think that if you invested in 10 or 20 year bonds you'd get more interest rate but right now you can invest in six year six month or one year bonds and get a higher interest rate than if if you invest long and so everybody's pulling in their horns what you need is some, somebody to look at this and say, this makes sense for what my goals are. Everybody is different. Terry Lynn, you're different from me, and we're fairly close in age. Kai, you're very close in age to my kids and my grandkids, but you are different. You know, you've come out of college now. You're getting ready to start your career. So the process is recognizing what inflation is going to be doing to this economy. Should I still be saving? That's the number one question I get, Denny, should I still be saving? Always save. You should always save 10% of your paycheck, no matter what. Regardless Regardless of what? Always put it in. Now, if the stock market tanks and you're Kyle and you're in, you're buying at lower levels and you still have 50 years to go as an investor. So, the, the basic rule is continue to save. You want to save 10% out of every paycheck. Just if if you're getting a dollar, learn to live on 90 cents but the biggest thing that we do not know what's going to happen and i can't trust the government anymore to give us authentic information is this inflation number inflation curve is whipped back up you remember when they talked about disinflation and we are hearing government officials say well it's not going up as much so that's really disinflation and, and the curve for inflation was going down man god bless matt will over at uh, you know university of indianapolis he's telling it like it is that thing is whipping around now, and it's going to go back up. And we have not seen the end of inf- inflation. The Federal Reserve has lost control. They think we're going to get back to 2%. Give me a break. These knuckleheads, it took Paul Volcker eight years. When Jimmy Carter was president, we had 20% interest rates. And for him to get this turned around took Paul Volcker almost nine years to get it back down to 2%. Well, now we're at 6 or 7%. We've got trillion dollar budgets, and inflation is the tax that we pay for all these benefits that we're getting. We think this is really great between COVID Relief Act and now the Inflation Reduction Act and all that. That's hogwash. Those are those are dollars that are being spent, and the government can't tax us anymore. So what do they do? They reduce the value of our dollars, and that's inflation. So inflation is the worst tax, and it's really coming at us. So. If I can give you any perspective, I would say, try to look for stocks that pay dividends um, instead of looking for these hot flyers. You know, Stop worrying about Tesla. Tesla's not gonna pay mm. a dividend for another 100 years. Stop worrying about Amazon. Stop worrying about all the social media stuff. Look at companies that can control their environment, They can raise prices. And they produce a product, whether it's Pampers or butter or whatever it is. Look for those type of cam- those type of companies. That Ask you your want. kids. Ask your kids.
1: <laughs> what, what are the kids into?
3: Well, yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> but with those that.
1: are hot. Those are those ones you're talking about that are.
3: Yeah, fly you, you want to stay. You know, away. If you, the kid right. is if, if your kid is recommending a stock, stay away from it. That's what I <laughs> will say because they're dumber than a bag of but hammers. But they
1: used to say, you know, watch your kids and what they're interested in and what they're excited about and grab those type of stocks and and that was at one time. So you know, again. So see too many
3: times a lot of those companies are not selling real products terry they're selling services which are okay but it's the thing the people that make stuff are the ones that are really going to perform for you and then uh, they will reflect what the value of our dollar is they'll probably end up going up in price but hang in there uh, get if you can get to professional help get to professional help but take perspective watch what you're seeing know that the government's lying to you if the government tells you it's 6% inflation it's probably 9 10 11 12 uh, i don't know and if they think we're getting back to 2% we'll be at we'll be at 15% before we get back to 2%.
1: This has been Denny's den of dollars.
4: <laughs>
3: you rascal
1: uh, episode number
3: one. Episode number one.
1: Uh, we've got another hour to go here. The first day. Glad you're here with us. Today's top stories are coming up next, right here on ninety three WIBC.
4: Wow.